With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Who What Wear with Hillary Kerr, your direct line to the designers, stylists, beauty experts, editors, and tastemakers who are shaping the ever-evolving world of fashion. I'm your host, Hillary Kerr, and today I'm chatting with Adair Curtis, the acclaimed interior designer and co-founder of JSN Studio, a multidisciplinary design and styling firm he runs with his husband and celebrated stylist, Jason Bolden. Adair's clean and elegant aesthetic has landed him countless celebrity clients, features in Architectural Digest, and on the new Netflix series, Instant Dream Home. We at Who What Wear also tapped Adair for our dream home feature this past month, where we discussed all of the of the moment design trends worth investing in. Adair was kind enough to walk me through all of it room by room, one design tip at a time. And let me tell you, it's really good. It's all coming up on Who What Where. So first of all, welcome to the show. I'm so obsessed, in love with, enamored by your dream home feature that went live on Who, What, Where this past month. And I'm so honored that you said yes to doing a deeper dive here. So first of all, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Please, the pleasure is all mine. I'm such a massive fan of everything that you do. I think you're a genius. And thank you so much for asking me to do this. I am blushing and have goosebumps all at the same time. I'm feeling all of the feelings that is so kind. And really, this is like a mutual appreciation club because I have followed I your that. work for ages and it just gives me so much joy. Thank you. So where are you right now and what is going on behind you? Because it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I am at home in Los Angeles. We live in Hancock Park, and I'm in the guest house, which we've transformed to our son's play area. So this is his playhouse. Oh, my goodness. And so if you can see behind me, there is one big playpen with a ton of toys. We have some rather decor-esque elements in the room. There's a screen back there that's mounted to the wall, really for no other reason but besides it's beautiful. Behind that door that's in frame is the bathroom. And then there's a cabinet with all sorts of beautiful accessories on the side of the wall. And that's it. Well, as someone who has two small children, not quite as little, mine are three and almost five, the amount of wrangling that I feel like I am constantly doing, like picking up Paw Patrol toys from Mm -hmm. every single (laughs) room in the house drives me insane. So having like a specific space feels like a really nice plan. (laughs) It's a nice plan, but you should also know that he does have stuff all throughout the house. So I get what you mean. (laughs) 
that's just one of those things. Like you have kids and like there go your best plans for exactly how everything's going to be. But there's beauty in the chaos as well. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, you are a highly sought-after interior designer, and also the founder of JSN Studios, Mm -hmm. where you work very closely with your husband, who is the most incredible stylist, Jason Bolden. So can you talk about the design studio for anyone who isn't familiar? I'm sure everyone already knows because it's so fabulous, (laughs) but maybe talk a little bit about the studio and then what you're working on right now, because I feel like you always have a zillion projects going at the same time, and I don't know how you do it all. So JSN Studio is a multifaceted design studio Mm -hmm. and design house, if you will. You know, we work across a number of related businesses and industries. We style, which my husband, Jason Bolden, is in charge of that vertical for us. We're creative directors. We design. And a lot of that is our interior design work. We stage. We create products. Really, JSN Studio is a house that we use to filter all of our creative ideas through. And so we have a team, a really dedicated and talented team. Everyone is super creative. And we get to just come up with really beautiful things and environments and closets and wardrobes and moments for red carpet. And we're just so lucky that we continually get hired and have new projects. And there's just so much happening all at once. And it's a blessing. Well, talk to me about some of those projects. What are you working on now that you can tell me about? And what are you excited about moving forward? Selfishly, the project that I'm most excited about has nothing to do with our clients. (laughs) The project that I'm excited the most about is Jason and I purchased a really beautiful Tudor historic house here in Hancock Park. And we've been hard at work getting everything cleared by the Historical Preservation Board and by the city for what we think could be a beautiful next home for us. Oh, my goodness. We love the home that we're in. But we're growing really fast. If you know anything about kids, they come with a ton of stuff. So we need some more space. And so that's the one project that I really can talk about. And, you know, we get to be our own client and, yeah, excited about that stuff. So I feel like it's one thing to think of a new space and to be excited about planning it. It's an entirely different situation when there are historic elements at play. What level of complexity is that (laughs) adding to the project? And when you're thinking about a space that has such an interesting backstory, do you feel beholden to do things in like a period correct way? Or how do you take it in a way that still feels modern and personal without being dismissive of that history? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) Are there a lot of complexities to working with the Historic Preservation Board? Yes, they are a ton. (laughs) (laughs) If you are easily annoyed or easily dissuaded, this is probably not a project that you would want to take on. You don't just get to do what you want to do. You know, we can't change anything about the exterior front of the house. And that doesn't mean that we can't change things out, but we have to try to stay as closely aligned to what was originally there as possible. Wow. In a lot of respects. And every area is different. This particular area in the city, their rules say they also get to weigh in on even landscaping. <gasps> <laughs> 
Yeah. We thought we'd be able to say, oh, okay, cool. The house itself, we were drawn to it. We don't want to change so much about the front of the house, but we do have some contemporary things that we need to see happen inside the house. And you're able to get approval on a lot of those things, but not everything. And so just don't get married to ideas because you don't know if you'll pass muster with the board. So it's a give and take. We've been really fortunate in that the board that we work with, we're just on the same page. We don't ever talk about renovation. We talk about restoration. Ah, language. Mm-hmm. And so it goes over really well. They know that we are attempting to be as thoughtful as possible. And we don't want to strip the soul of this house. We love it the way that it is. We do know, though, that for our modern family, we can't use the kitchen that's there now. So we need to update the kitchen. Right, right. The systems of the house need to be updated. And they are aware of that and in agreement. So it works. Okay. Well, I love this. I also love the patience and knowledge mentality because I think home projects really require that. And, you know, frankly, like you shouldn't be able to just go out and like snap your fingers and have a room fully designed, purchased and styled all in a day. It should be more of a process. So speaking of that process and speaking of homes in general, I'd like to talk through our dream home feature a little bit. So if anyone hasn't seen it, we're going to link to it in the notes. Notes. It is an incredible, incredible piece. We went room by room and you gave us some specific design trends and items that are particularly interesting of the moment, compelling and current for each room. Mm-hmm. So let's start with a room that, as you pointed out, can be quite a multifunctional space, the dining area. What are your best thoughts for how to add some personality to your space and what you should have in mind when thinking through a room? Sure. So the dining space is really interesting. And like you mentioned, it really does serve as a multi-dimensional, multifunctional space. For us, our dining room in this house is between the kitchen and the family room. So -hmm. that's our dining area. You really get to just be in the mix of everything. And if you are listening, you have a dining area that isn't really designated as a standalone space and it's Mm -hmm. in the middle of everything, there are all these ways for you to make it feel special and not really like an afterthought. Adding a rug and something that's really funky and cool that helps to delineate the space is a really cool and easy way to dress the space up, you know, make it feel a little bit more formal if you want to go the formal route, but even just adding personality, Mm -hmm. rugs that have graphic patterns, rugs that add some color and some spice to the room. Those are really small ways for you to add some personality and start to make the space feel like its own. So I'm so glad that we're talking about rugs because I'm a Virgo, so I like rules. Are there any, (laughs) maybe not rules, but like gentle suggestions about size and proportion? Like, should all of the chair legs be on? Should they still be on even if you pull them out? Like, how do you think through the size of a rug for a space? Yes. And I want to say that there's no right or wrong answer. What is going to work best for my space may not work the same for yours. I like when rugs are large enough so that all furniture 
is at least touching the rug. And I like even for my rugs to go maybe three to five inches beyond the furniture so that everything sits completely on a rug. You don't have to do it that way. And that's not a hard and fast rule. Sometimes the area really calls for just an area rug that floats in the center of the room. But I'm of the mindset, and I do this all the time, that you try things until they feel great. Mm. And so the first thing I would do for space is go with the mindset that all the legs at least will touch the rug. And if that still doesn't feel great, then you start to extend out. And if you start a little bit smaller, maybe even you start to layer rugs so that you have a smaller rug, you know, that can be layered on top of the other rug. And that rug can really act as, you know, your personality piece. And that can be a little smaller. I love that. And that's such a great way, too, of getting more use out of a piece that you love that might not be perfect for the space, but like to still make it feel incredible. Okay. So can I ask you a really practical, non-sexy question about that? Yes. Let's do it. There's the aesthetics of it all and the personality of it all, of course, but there's also like the practicality of it. It's an area where people eat. Do you have any favorites or suggestions? I'm assuming that's partially maybe where graphic pattern comes in, but a way of camouflaging what actually happens in that room? Like, are there some rugs that don't show a little wine spillage, let's say? Yes. So you want to go for rugs that are performance, right? So the material is easy to clean and wash. Maybe a sisal rug isn't the best for a dining area. Yeah. You know, if something spills, once that gets into the weave, really hard to get out. Maybe you go with a rug that's easy to clean, and that can be a wool rug, it can be cotton, it can be synthetics. There are rugs now that are washable. You can take the whole rug, if small enough, and, you know, have it washed right in your machine. Amazing. So let's talk about kitchen. I am so glad that there has been a return to saturation and color in general. What are some of your favorite shades right now? What should people be considering? What are you liking? Okay. So me personally, I do love the return to color, although a white kitchen will always be classic. It's never going to go out of style. You have it, keep it. And if you want to do something extra special that maybe isn't so permanent, you can do that. But you use that as your base. Mm -hmm. I really like green. It's one of my favorite, favorite colors, especially moody, mossy hues of green. I've been seeing that in kitchens as of late and touches of pink which are really interesting. I'm seeing all types of blush, all up and down the saturation of pink. I love that. Red, light gray. Instead of just doing an all-white kitchen, you're getting kitchens where you have white and black, which are really beautiful. And, you know, you add some stainless steel to that or, you know, even integrate your appliances into the cabinetry. Also just really dreamy. Love that. Can we talk about hardware in terms of color? in the kitchen? Like, do you have any color combination favorites or certain things that you feel like are classic versus more of the moment? I think matte black is a new classic. It's definitely trendy. And the whole ethos behind JSN Studio, we kind of stay away from trendy. We like things that are always going to, you know, remain in style. But your chromes and your satin nickels, your mixed metal and taking, you know, your chromes or your satin nickels and mixing them with brass and especially brass that's aged. Those are my favorites. Those are always classic. 
you know, some of those rich iron colors that look a little bit bronzy, like a bronzy antique iron, can't go wrong with any of them. And I'm going to give you a secret. We use this one particular uh, finish, you know, often on our client's request, but I just loathe it. What is it? I don't really like gold. And like (laughs) shiny gold is what I'm thinking, right? It's a little Miami Vice. Yep. I just, I'm not really a, a shiny gold person. Give me patina. Like, yes. make me think that it's been here for a long time. Forever. I don't care that you installed it yesterday. I want to think that it's been there for 100 years. <laughs> That's right. You want that <laughs> oxidation yes. that starts to happen once you touch a brass fixture. Yeah. Over time, it starts to get that cloudy feeling. Just all that is so inviting and welcoming, and it feels like home. I love that. So I am a relatively recent homeowner, longtime renter. And I always used to struggle with the fact that you can't do quite as much if you're in a rental, but obviously so many folks are and still want to make it feel personal and elevated. Do you have any suggestions for folks who are renting and want to level up their kitchen, but can't necessarily like go full tilt, do whatever they want? Totally. Okay, so there are tons of small things you can do that aren't really expensive and they aren't permanent. One, you can change out lighting. Lighting fixtures add a lot to a space, add a lot of personality, character to a space, definitely change how a space is being received. So that's one that I really like. And included in that, that would also be LED lighting, you know, strip lighting, adding some of that LED beautiful warm glowy light under your cabinets does a beautiful job in just making the whole kitchen glow. In terms of your cabinets and the faces of the cabinets, I'd Mm -hmm. say contact paper or removable wallpaper can go a really long way. The removable wallpaper in particular has gotten so good that it leaves behind none of that icky gooeyness. There's so many little things that one can do to change up the appearance of a kitchen that aren't really permanent. But those are two really good ones. I love the idea of the lighting and it makes sense because it's a little bit like buying a blazer that is super affordable and then changing out the buttons for something Mm -hmm. a little bit more elevated. And I feel like just like buttons give away something being kind of cheaply made, lighting, you go in and you see one of those like nipple lights that's just stuck to the top and you're like, that was not chosen thoughtfully (laughs) or personally. No, that has to go. And it doesn't have to be super expensive, but just by swapping out the standardized thing for something that feels a bit more personal to you can suddenly take it to a whole new level. Definitely. Okay, so- Speaking of transformative spaces, let's talk about bathrooms because I personally feel like, yes, I totally understand people wanting serenity and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like you can have a little bit more fun with a bathroom, definitely with a powder room. So what are you particularly drawn to right now in terms of bathrooms and Client-wise, are you getting any specific requests where you're like, gosh, like if I get one more request for this specific sort of marble, I'm going to cry. Like, <laughs> Not a specific marble, thank God, but our <laughs> clients tend to be very, very busy people. And so they like their bathrooms to be designed, you know, with the approach of just a serene, calm spa. And so we're going with really warm whites, beiges, 
There is a lot of lime washing. I love lime washing. I don't fully understand what the process is to it. Is it a paint treatment? I just know that I like how it looks because it gives the wall sort of like a beautiful, almost like Italian texture. It definitely feels Italian. They call it lime wash because there is a lime element to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you kind of trough it on. Yep. It's basically you take a small bit and then you apply that to the wall and then you might apply it in one direction and then the next bit you apply in another direction. And so you get some of that movement in the texture of the wall. So it has a really handcrafted feel, really bespoke that I think people would probably value. Absolutely. So if that's something that you the listener, are interested in achieving at home. Do you have any simple tips for getting that really peaceful vibe? And I would imagine one easy thing that people could do is just declutter because I feel like that's the opposite of serene, right? Absolutely. Organization goes a massively long way. (laughs) Getting things out of the bathroom that don't serve a purpose. That is genius. Other things you can do if you want to go for serene is paint goes a long way. You know, doing some of these textured walls like plaster and lime wash can get to be a little pricey. There are a number of beautiful wallpapers that, you know, have a similar texture that could be a lot less expensive and costly. So I love to explore that. Grass cloths, you know, give you a similar feel because of the texture. You can kind of run your hand against the cloth. It just feels really good and yummy. And maybe you wouldn't choose a wallpaper that's so graphic or even a marble that's so expensive if you need to cover and you're designing for a much larger space. But in a smaller room, like a powder room, say, you know, you get to be wild (laughs) and try different things and, you know, flex your personality and character and show how fun you are. I also love that from a financial perspective, just the thought of like, it's a small space. So if you really are desperate to try something, like that's a good place to do it because you don't need so much of whatever material. I love that. Yes. And then adding beautiful mirrors and maybe your mirror has a frame that adds, you know, some character and personality to, you know, your bathroom. I love it. Okay. So moving on to the bedroom. So you spoke about the two sort of bigger bedroom aesthetics of the moment. We called the first natural born. Can you explain a little bit about the vibe and how one brings it to life? So for the bedroom, that natural born bedroom, and I envision when I hear the words natural in a bedroom, cozy, warm, inviting, maybe wabi-sabi, which is just Mm -hmm. a term for things that have some life to them and aren't perfect. Bedrooms for our clients and for how we approach them need to be comforting at the very least. Mm -hmm. People want a soft place to land and kind of shed the outside world. So we start off with color palettes. And so a lot of that is in the earth tone family that just make you feel at home, at ease. You know, you can leave work behind. You want your bedroom to feel like, you know, a place of respite and a warm hug. 
And so a lot of that also will have to do with just the materials that you're using in the bedroom, things that are soft, comforters, layered beds are so beautiful. And a bed that doesn't have enough layers on it just isn't as comforting visually even. So that's the easiest way to make a room feel really tranquil. You know, focus on the coloring and the materials that you bring into the room, you know, shears, comforters, blankets, and richer tones. So in terms of fabrics, mm-hmm. are there certain fabrics that always feel luxurious to you? I really, really love linen, 100% linen. It might wrinkle, which is okay. Kind of goes with that wabi-sabi, perfectly imperfect approach to things. Cotton also is really luxurious and a heavy weft. Yeah, I think those two would be my go-tos for just comfort and natural. You know, it's interesting because that's pretty much the same with fashion too. The easiest way to look elevated is to use natural fabrics. So staying away from synthetics, which is not to say synthetics are bad, but generally speaking, like that 100% cotton t-shirt is always going to look better and richer than a synthetic. So it's really applying that same idea to your home. And that makes so much sense. I think you just hit on why Jason and I felt like we can be in both industries, you know, interior design and also styling, because they lend themselves so well to each other. I, you know, you, you just really took the whole ethos behind our business and just said, yeah. Yeah, that really makes sense. So the other aesthetic we're calling Strike It Rich, talk to me (laughs) about this one. (laughs) Strike It Rich can be so many different things for so many people, right? We might go with metallics. We might do a striking wallpaper throughout the room. We wallpaper ceilings. We do all kinds of (laughs) crazy cool things. That might mean pattern in your drapery. That might mean pattern on your actual bed with your linens. There's so many ways for us to approach Strike It Rich, but we always start off with the mood and then the color. Love that. Okay, talk to me about living rooms. What excites you about a living room right now? What aesthetic, what pieces, what trends? Okay, so furniture-wise, there are always a ton of options for living rooms that excite me. I love everything to be modular right now, especially with Mm -hmm. us living in California and having a ton of space in the homes that we're working in. So things that are modular, things that can come apart, things that can, you know, be built up to accommodate whatever the need is. I love that. A lot of what I'd say is not really about furniture, but lends itself well to the aesthetic. And it's really the biophilic design movement. And that really is everything plants and bringing the outdoor in. And so we're seeing cool things like moss walls and living walls being installed in our projects, you know, becoming a plant mama or plant dad and bringing in life with one, you know, plant just goes a a really long way to not only add something really visually beautiful, but there are a lot of effects that you get from that biophilic design that help your mood. We're starting to see things in studies that talk about how plants are really necessary for our overall health. And so that is so exciting to me and just something that I continually educate myself on. 
Yes, I do too, because I have a red thumb. Is that the opposite of a green <laughs> thumb? I have not figured out how to become my best plant mama, but I have them. I just am not always that nice to them. But thank you for letting me know that this is something that I need to continue to work on. I appreciate that. And just, the, you know, maybe it's somebody else's responsibility, right? You're like, I maybe shouldn't be the one. <laughs> maybe I, somebody else in the I'm house. i buy all the plants and make my husband water all of yes, them. I yes, yes. I love this. I love this. You're like, we are benefiting from this. <sighs> I like this. Okay. <laughs> and then since we are in California, can we talk about outdoor space for a moment? Yes. What are some of the best tips or tricks you have for making an outdoor space feel thoughtful and pulled together without just looking like a weird showroom, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I approach my outdoor space and outdoor spaces I'm designing the same way I would a living room, right? It just happens to be outdoor. So how do I use the space? How much seating do I need to accommodate? And then, you know, working backwards and investigating fabrics that I know that'll do really well outside, like perennials, performance fabrics that the sun won't destroy after just, you know, a few months. <laughs> Or, you know, that are waterproof and won't absorb too much rain. We like synthetics here. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just don't want your furniture to be destroyed after one right. bad rainstorm. You should be buying covers for a lot of these things that might not, you know, have a covered area and it might just be out in the element. But it's not practical to always run outside after each use and cover things. So you just want to kind of mitigate as much as possible the wear and tear and damage. And there are fabrics specifically designated for that type of usage. In terms of decorating, mm -hmm. if you approach it the way you would a living room, you know, what does my living room need that my outdoor living space could potentially use? And a lot of that has to do not only just with the furniture, but how you accessorize and what you accessorize with. So adding a cool mirror to a space, if you have the wall for it, that is an ingenious way to make a space feel big, but to also add some character, some personality, some design to your space. Your greenery outside, you know, we're talking about biophilic design inside, but that goes a long way outside as well. Your pillows, your throws, making sure that things aren't in just one note, you know. If your furniture happens to be gray, well, maybe we need a pattern for some of these accessories. And maybe we need a couple of patterns to see what feels right. And making sure that you have a number of light sources at different levels. It makes a space feel curated. It makes a space feel layered and not just one note. Yeah. You don't want just like a room of track lighting. You don't want an outdoor space where it's just like wall lights or whatever it may be. No. Lots of options so that we all look pretty at night. <laughs> That's right. You want that warm glow at night. Okay, so I know I need to let you go because you're so incredibly busy, but before we do, can you tell our amazing audience where to find you? And can you also tell me just a tiny little bit about the new Netflix series? Yes. Okay. The Netflix series is called Instant Dream Home. We're on the platform now. You can go and watch it. My group of designers, there are four of us, and we have one team leader, Danielle Brooks, who is amazing. We take unsuspecting families that do really, really great things for others, but sort of started to neglect themselves and neglect their homes. We have an accomplice that we work with that nominates them, and they give us access to a home. And then we come in and we transform the home 
from top to bottom in 12 hours. I'm talking bathrooms, new kitchens, you know, everything in 12 hours. It's insane. It's insane. That's wild. It's wild. But we do it and just the gratification of seeing the family come home and we're hidden. We just see them come home and be surprised and just start to take in everything that just happened to their home in 12 hours. You just feel amazing. Wow. Like look at these people, you know, and they're doing so many things for other people and now they get a chance to have something great happen to them. That is amazing. Thank you. So that's Instant Dream Home. And just in terms of finding me, jsn.studio is our website. We have some exciting new updates happening over the course of, I would say, the next month or so. Watch that space. And then I'm Adair underscore Curtis on Instagram. Love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Oh, thank you. A huge thank you to the incredible interior designer, Adair Curtis. Make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd also be so grateful if you would rate and review us. If you have any guest suggestions or any other feedback, drop us a line at podcast at whowhatwhere.com or you can find us on social at whowhatwhere.com. See you next Wednesday on Who What Where with Hillary Kerr. This episode was produced by Hillary Kerr and Olivia Capaletti. Editing is by Natalie Thurman and Treehouse Recording in Los Angeles, California. Our music is by Jonathan Leahy.